How do we know? How do it's we already know? started. It started. Oh, you yeah, you see, see the timer. It. Yeah. You're I'm not right. editing this out. This is great. Your great start. Audio, your audio seems a lot louder than mine. Mine? You look at the, like, the wave. Oh. It was like that with um, Andrew last week as well. So Was yours higher than his or lower? His, his one was voice, higher than mine. Yeah, his voice sounded louder than yours. Yeah. So I'll have to go in and fix that up this week as well. Not from the last week, but anyways hi everyone welcome to another episode of about life with caleb and ellen i can see you doing that mental check gotta make yeah. sure you tick that box yes um it happens every time well welcome back caleb we really miss yeah. you. yeah yeah still busy still got stuff to do Mm -hmm. uh, I got a deadline in a couple of days and I've got lots of work to do. So, um, but nice. I've got a little bit of a lull here. Kids are out and wife is out. So the house is quiet. So I thought, why not? It's mm -hmm. been an hour and a little bit, maybe. Nice. Um, nice. And I think a big thanks to Andrew for last week, just the, the filling in. He did really well. Um, I was, I was telling Alan that he sounded a lot more succinct than me and um, very clear points. I mean, your your shoes were quite hard to fill, so I do I do feel like you did a good job. I think I might be out of a job, to be honest. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, I thought he did a really good job, and it was uh, it was a good podcast episode. I think. I mean, like you said in our in our messages, you know. Most of it was kind of covered in what well, me and you spoke about um, in a previous um, in a previous podcast, yes, which is perfectly fine because I feel like um, I feel like you know Andrew provides a different perspective as you heard, you know, yes. especially when it comes to uh, the state of the world and everything. So. Yeah, it was just good to hear from his perspective. Um, I think it was, so the episode before, uh, when we discussed those topics, uh, if you look, listen to the recording, it's very uh, sort of, uh, the internet for me was going in and out mm -hmm. and the quality wasn't that great, I think, on the microphone. So I think it's much better to listen to his episode uh, to sort of get, I think there was a lot of points that we were kind of on the same, the same kind of um, way. What, what points did you see yourself agreeing with him the most? Uh, I think the we both were talking about India. You know, seeing seeing the the potential in India sort of coming up mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the world order. Yes, uh, which I think is accurate and. Um, although, you know, on the episode, I talked a lot about how I kind of see that, um, China is having a lot of issues and I'm sure it will get to, you know, to that point of being the premier power, but it's got a really uphill battle to get there, I think. Um, and, but I think India, you know, they, they have, they don't seem to have issues in terms of, uh, population. In the way mm -hmm. of, you know, they're, they're able to basically cover their bases in terms of, um, you know, the workforce and yeah. 
as far as I'm aware, they don't have any sort of child policies around, you know, you can't have this many kids or, or whatever, which no. China is really having a lot of problems with right now. Yeah, well, I mean, so, yeah, they went from one child policy to two child policy to now three child policy, but uh, yeah. it sounds like the, the young adults in China have just given up though. Yeah, if you look at their year-on-year birth rates, it's still falling. So even mm. if the government's incentivizing having kids and also, you know, broadening the the you know the limit, they mm-hmm. still are having lots of issues. And it's, I, I always sort of see this argument uh, online where people are talking about like, you know, uh, usually in replying to uh, Elon Musk's comments about you know uh, underpopulation and population collapse and things like that i always mm-hmm. see this argument where people say well you know like, like let it you know go down to six billion five billion you know to more sustainable levels but it's not a switch that you turn on and off do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and china is a perfect example of that you know mm-hmm. they turn the switch off and then they try to turn it back on but the switch is still off yeah so you know, it's not something you can just turn on and off. You know, when it gets dangerously low, you just turn it back on. You know, it's, it doesn't work like that. For sure. So uh, it's something to be aware of. It's not one of those things where I'm kind of like doom and gloom, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things that, you know, like it's something we'll have to deal with. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to be dealt with by people just having more babies. You know, like the government says, you should have more babies. I think the way it's going to... Uh, work itself out is probably the population is going to decrease a lot. We're talking, you know, like maybe a couple of hundred years in the future, it's Mm -hmm. going to decrease a lot and then it's going to stabilize and it's either going to be done artificially, like, you know, artificial insemination uh, or we basically solve, uh, what's the, um, what's the word? Basically, people will live forever, you know, solve the the death issue. So having babies to replace the workforce won't be so much of an issue. And, of course, it's only going to be more automated. So, you know, factories probably won't have people in them in the future. Mm -hmm. It'll all be automated. automated And, you know, of course, robotics is only going to go, uh, you know, become more and more advanced and we'll have helpers, you know, Robots that can take care of the elderly people, robots that can take care of infants. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing because I think, you know, having a mother mother and father that are with you all the time is, you know, beneficial for a child. But I think that's how humans will artificially solve that issue. So, so that's my opinion on that. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, should we uh, do a quick news rundown? Uh, it's been what? kind of a depressing week. Has it? Well, Fortnight since we uh, talked last. Has it? It has. Um, Can I actually give my news first? Yeah, go ahead. Since we were talking about India. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you moving to India? No, but my new boss is from India. Yes. And what I mean by that is I found a new job and I can work from pretty much anywhere in the world unless uh, as long as I can overlap the working hours. So, yeah. What do you mean? Um, Are you doing two jobs? No, no, no. I'll be leaving this one. Um, 
but technically I won't be leaving, leaving. I'll still be helping them out with like 20 hours a week. Um, so I'll be, well, you know, 60 hours a week I've been doing in these last, how many months now since I came back from Houston? I, I don't know. Even when I was in Houston, I was doing, you know, I was pulling quite long hours with applying for, you know, looking for work, um, interviews and, um, networking. So in all honesty, uh, these past few months have, have given me a different sort of, I guess, how do I say this? A new energy level where I can, where it's still sustainable. Um, so yeah, that's that's the biggest update on my end is that um I have a new job and I'm keeping sort of keeping my own my old one um uh, mainly because the project isn't completely finished and it's almost towards the end of the year so it's better to just keep me on it just so um because I'm already familiar with it. Well, congratulations on the new job. And so are you, you. you going to be like a a nomad? Is that what they is that what they call it? Yeah, a digital yeah, nomad. More- more or less digital nomad, but I think I will be calling Mexico home for a bit. Um, so I'll be based out of Mexico. Is it, I don't know if that's racist. I don't know, but hey, meh. I don't think, uh, I think you were just excited for me, so that's fine. That's pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially so, the fact that you'll be able to um, basically relocate to... Uh, Practically anywhere you want to live, right? As long as it's got internet access. Yes, pretty much. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm going to start off with Mexico. Um, Over the Christmas and New Year's period, I'm going to treat myself and take myself to New York for a bit. Um, Yeah, I've never been. And it would be just cool to see the Big Apple and perhaps even the ball drop if I'm not asleep by then. yeah, just New Year's Eve, you know. So. All oh, right, I was gonna be like the ball drop. Not that kind of ball drop. Um, <laughs> Go see the ball. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself there. No, uh, the you know. I'm glad you clarified. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I did too uh, yeah. for our listeners. So yes, that is sort of the plan, and hopefully, maybe by February, um, I can have a chat with my current employers and see if I can go and work from Taiwan for. But it has been three years since I saw my mom physically in person, so uh, it'll be good to go back and spend a couple of weeks there. You know, meet up with family, Chinese New Year's, and all that, mm-hmm. and then you know, home hop on back to Mexico and just work for, for, I don't know. I don't know how long I'll be in Mexico. I mean, I'll definitely want to, like I said, I definitely, I'm going to use that as a hub, but I'll travel around for it, but just to see if there are other places that I find a bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you need to uh, open up an Instagram account uh, for, specifically for your 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 travels your journeys you're going to be a uh influencer showing your uh travel journeys and uh your lifestyle and i can envision getting you getting a a very luscious tan possibly a mustache and some tattoos um definitely getting more tattoos and maybe a lovely lady by your side 
Um, Possibly we'll of s- Latino descent. We'll see. I, as you know, I don't really have the energy. You've got a the... bit of a smirk on, though. I can see you. No, got a bit I, of a smirk. <clears throat> no I'm, I'm more excited about just being there. I, in all honesty, I don't have the energy or the time to think about that. Um, I think I'm more excited about just the whole experience. Um, I, I, my smirk was actually more towards just the fact that you think I'll be an influencer. Uh, I never thought I would ever, ever do that. Then, well, that's that's a lie, Alan. That's a lie. What is a lie that I thought I would never? That be you an thought you would never be an influencer. Hang on, hang on. No, I, be, I look, thought I would. No, I thought I would be a vlogger in the past. A vlogger. Yeah, well, I never it, thought I. I never thought. Isn't I'd be that a, kind of what an influencer is? No, but back in the day, we just called vlogging. You know, we, we didn't call them influencers. We just called them vloggers. Yeah, I, I wonder when that term sort of came into uh, the lexicon, but yeah, I guess essentially, the essentially the you were kind of aiming for that, right? You, you were, I guess so, yeah. yeah. But I think these days I'm more... I am more connected with my work than anything, you know, the design work that I do and the new company that I'm working for is in a really exciting space right now. Um, the trajectory of growth, um, I can sort of see it being a really good product. Um, so it's in the cybersecurity space, which is a space that I've been wanting to get into. So hopefully mm-hmm. I can learn a lot from them um, in terms of cybersecurity, but yeah, I don't know about the whole, um, influencer, thing but definitely i'll take photos um i don't know if i want to create another instagram account that's just yeah but we'll see do it we shall see but yeah we will have to also figure out a new time for our pod Um, oh that's right yeah yeah so let's see how that goes and in terms of a 10 i think i got a bit of a 10 when i was in houston now honestly and i think Probably that tan, that tan did go away when I came back. I mean, if you're moving to Mexico, I, I would assume you'd be, you know, you'd have that sort of sun exposure thing happening every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, not sure well, about the you're in an office. Well, or no, I'm not going to be in an office, apartment or something. No. I'll, I'll want to walk around quite a bit. See, that's a really cool thing about Mexico is that you can pretty much just walk anywhere. So it's mm-hmm. going to be similar to Tokyo in the sense where. You know, you pretty much walk anywhere you want. Obviously, within the city, you, know, you don't mm-hmm. want to go outside of that. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, I'm really excited, and uh, things are just moving. And mm-hmm. I, oh yes, that's right. I have also booked my ticket, so I am leaving on the 24th of November mm-hmm. to head to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have some plans, don't we? Um, we won't discuss them now, but. Um, I think uh, we discussed a certain thing that we wanted to establish, or I did. I think you've forgotten looking at your face, but I will remind you. I am very excited for it, and uh, we'll see how that develops. I'm so confused, but hey, look, we have a you, new... You you acknowledged it, so you definitely... Uh, if it's, as soon as I say what it is, you, you'll remember straight away. So obviously you've you've um, compartmentalized that and stored that deep in your no 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 I've just been so busy with my own stuff like I honestly these last two weeks with this new company it's been full on so everything's just gone like 
It's all right. Uh, yeah. But if you want to give me a hint in the footnotes, can you actually type? You can type in the chat. Can I? You can type in the chat. Yeah, there's a chat. Oh, on there right is. Answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in saying so, we have. Oh yes. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am yeah. on that actually. I yes. um. Yes, you're. I've been thinking about that as well in terms me of too. giving back to not just. Uh, to giving back to um, people that I know, and that includes you. And um, I don't know are how gonna, I'm going to do that yet. Are you going to cry? No, 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 no. <laughs> I am merely stating that. It actually kept me awake last night thinking about how I'm going to be able to give back to the people that have supported me um, these past few months, whether it's to do with um, you know, personal-ish matters or to do with work, finding work. I I'm so grateful to have every one of you on this journey and being there to, to support me. Yeah. Gratitude is uh, very important in life. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that like I'm expecting something, but I'm just saying that we all need to take stock and be thankful, especially since, um, you know, this might segue into the news, but, um, you know, things in the world right now are not great uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, having that, Attitude of gratitude, attitude of gratitude is uh, good, definitely good. Well, why don't we dive in to what is going on and um, provide people with some perspective of what, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time because, you know, like, I don't want to bring the, the mood down too much. No, um, I can always amp it up, you know that. <laughs> I bring the vibes. Bring the vibes. Hopefully the good vibes. Where do you want um, to start? You want to start in Europe? You want to start in Middle East? Oh, man, there's just so many, so many things happening, and a lot of them are not good. Uh, obviously, we had the the attack on the bridge in uh, Crimea, mm -hmm. which subsequently caused uh, retaliation with random strike. attacks. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, they, some of them were uh, targeted on infrastructure to possibly cause Ukrainian people to have a a uh, very bad winter time, you know, targeting power infrastructure, um, but also sort of indiscriminate fire onto civilian areas. Uh, I've seen mm -hmm. playgrounds being hit, yeah. which, you know, I can't say if that was a target or if it was just a random, you know, it missed its target or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, far out, man. There was an account that I follow that's kind of like a news. It's kind of like a news for that conflict, mm -hmm. and they posted in their story sort of uh, images from the attack. Okay. Uh, and one of them had a sort of um, you know like graphic advisory thing. And I clicked the like it's a, like the the view button without really thinking about it, mm -hmm. um, but I wish I didn't because um, there was uh, a child in the image that was probably around the same age as my son, mm -hmm. uh, and that child was dead. And mm. it just you know it, it it really brings to home you know you see if you you know you read um, Associated Press or something like that, sure, and you you know you you'll have photos on there from journalists and you'll see like, you know, an image of the road or something through a town that'll have 
you know, the old dead soldier on the ground or, you know, um, some civilian, uh, adult civilian. Um, and of course it's sad, but, you know, like if, if you see in, in my case, I, I, you know, I didn't intend to, I didn't intend to look at this image. I didn't sort of seek it out. Uh, it was mm-hmm. just one of those things that I just was swiping through. Um, and it just makes the whole situation 10 times sadder. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, there was also that attack in Thailand that happened um, in the last few days. Yeah, I know I days. saw that. That's right. Um, which, again, involved kids. Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it's sad. It's sad. Of course it's sad for anyone. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, being a parent, it just sort of, you just kind of put yourself in that situation you know, like that's your kids or something like that, and it just—I don't think really you need to be like... a parent to 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 be able to, you know, how do I say it? Empathize or? But this, I'm not saying. It. I'm not saying you can't be sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or empathize, but it, and it, you know, like, I think it it, it becomes a lot more real because Mm -hmm. you imagine yourself in that situation those are your kids Mm. you know what i mean Mm. um and you know it just makes one want to just not let their kids go to you know leave the house yeah um to be with them 24 7 but unfortunately you can't live life like that but you know it just the anxiety level goes up, the, the fear goes up, and uh, For sure. you know that that really is my greatest fear. Is um, mm. you know I'm going to lose one of my kids, mm. um, and that can be it, that can become a very unhealthy thing where you become you know, you overprotective. Become, yeah, way overprotective, and you know, like mm. Jordan Peterson's talked about it. Uh, I don't know if you have heard him way? talk about it. Where it talks about how, uh, you know, if you're a mother, letting your child go out into the world and, mm-hmm. you know, become independent is one of the hardest things to do. Yes. Because you've given so much to that child uh, emotionally, physically, even spiritually, you know, mm-hmm. and then for them to sort of detach from you, it's kind of like there's a part of you getting detached. You know, it's something that's sort of, grown in you and then you know it's detaching and i mean there's an element of that for a father as well i guess but for a mother it's probably amplified and why i know it's amplified but um yeah so it's it's difficult but uh you know life is unfair unfortunately um Mm -hmm. and things evil things happen to good people innocent people Mm. And we just have to do our best to try and mitigate um, and just trying to be kind to each other to sort of minimize, um, you know, the pain and the, you know, the, the pain and the stress on other people as much as sure. we can. Um, mm. I'm, not, I'm not articulating this very well, but, I, I, you know, I hope the message kind of gets across. Yeah, no, I think I think people understand, right? Like, yeah. 
in a sense, looking at my own experience right now, I can only imagine what my mom's going through. I mean, I doubt that she's that concerned, but as every mother, they, you know, they would be right. Like mm -hmm. I am packing and leaving essentially what we know into unknown territory um, to, I mean, she thinks I'm going to Canada, but <laughs> so she thinks I'm safe. Although, you know, it's arguable in terms of where, where, what safe is, you know, like, if you, I would be, I would be honest with her. <laughs> I wouldn't just tell her that you're going to Canada, especially yeah. if something, especially if something did happen, and then you know, like they call you, like, uh, so we've got Alan in a jail in Mexico. <laughs> you be like, what the hell are you doing? No, there? no, I, I definitely will tell her. But I think rather than telling her now, uh, it's just easier when I arrive to just say, hey, look, I've decided I'd rather go to Mexico, like. I think everyone has a different relationship with their parents and with mine, with my mom, I have to treat it like that. It's like, don't ask, just, just do, and then take the Deal consequences. The consequences after. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, isn't it, isn't it how like little kids do like, you know, <laughs> they steal, like, steal a cookie and then. You know, I'll, wow. I'll, just, I'll deal with the consequences after I finish eating it. True, but I think in our instance, like even even my brother Simon agrees with this. He's like, no matter what you're gonna do, do it, but then tell her afterwards. It's like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. you don't need to. I, I know the playbook by now, right? And mm -hmm. it's not like trying to um, what's the word? Uh, trick her into believing that I'm like taking care of. It's just sort of like. My mom worries a lot and mm -hmm. in terms of how she expresses her worries is that she, she belittles you. Right. <laughs> and I mean, you sort of know about this, right? Like she um, criticizes right. you and says that, you know, she hasn't done it to me. Thing. No, she hasn't. I mean, if she did, that would be uh, very interesting. I'd love to see that. But no, she hasn't done that to you, but you under, you know, you know, you've seen it before. So I've heard about it. <laughs> you've heard about it. Fair I've heard, enough. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about the happenings. You've heard rumors. Heard but the rumors. Yes. So, you know, f in terms of my interaction with my mom, like that's how it works. And yeah, I, I sort of, that's how I approach my relationship with her. But yeah, bringing it back to the news, I think, you know, even just as someone, and look, I don't, I don't understand that feeling of not wanting to let your kids go out because, you know, obviously I don't have kids. Um, but I do, you know, watching that news about the Thailand attack, it just, you know, it's, it's really heartbreaking. And I remember, I remember this TikTok video. I know you hate TikTok, but anyways, I remember this TikTok video. <laughs> it, it's okay if you want to reference TikTok. I'm fine with it. And every time I know I have to say it every time. And there was this lady, she, I think she was like a forensic person or something. Mm -hmm. And she entered a crime scene and she saw, you know, bodies of dead children and all that. And then she asked the officer that was, or the invest, what do you call them? The investigator? No, the detective. Detective that's on the case. Mm -hmm. And she says, why would someone do that? And the detective's reply to her was, if you knew, 
you would be him. And that really hit hard for me as well, which is like, if you knew why someone would do such a terrible thing, you would probably be that person. Um, and so, yeah, when that happened, I was just wondering what would make someone want to do that? But then I realized there's, it's unfathomable and trying to understand it probably isn't going to get me anywhere healthy. Um, but definitely was saddened by it. And um, yeah, I, I did not know how to, what to think after that in terms of like Thailand, again, you know, safety, right? Like we think we're, we're safe in New Zealand or we think we're safe in a specific country. It's like, well, actually crime or horrible acts happen everywhere. They probably don't happen as often in certain places or they happen in a different way, but it doesn't mean that they don't happen. And, you know, yeah, I think, again, um, Thailand you know. has a lot of guns, but they, yeah, that kind of incident is, is very rare. Mm. Yeah. And so like coming back to, you know, not telling my mom about Mexico and like whether Canada is safer or than Mexico, it's like, I don't really know to be, to be honest with you. I can tell you that from my research that I've done so far, um, Mexico is definitely better than the States. Is it? I mean, look, sure. Is there other cartels? Yes. But where do they operate? They don't operate in major cities, at least for the most part. Like they, they, they just don't, they don't operate out, out from big cities for the most part. Okay. Um, but if you, and this is just sort of like, again, data that I collected from, <laughs> data that I collected from TikTok. But, um, you know, one of the ladies on TikTok was saying, look, I feel a lot safer here than I do back in Chicago. Like, in Chicago, she would have a gun pulled out at her face, whether it's by cops or just a random stranger. And so... To say that Mexico is not as safe, it's not true, you know, especially in some parts of the States where cops see you, uh, you know, as an African-American and they on that spot just assume that you're, um, I guess, you know, a criminal. And then they arrest you for driving your, driving your own car or being outside your own property. Like how ludicrous is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, according to the Global Peace in Index, which looks at all the different aspects of, you know, um, peace, I guess, in life. So that's mm -hmm. uh, internal conflicts, external conflicts, terrorism within that country, crime and everything. Mm -hmm. um, Mexico is slightly worse than the US, mm. um, but it's not too far away. They're very similar. Um, it's they're all so united states brazil israel india and mexico they're all very close in the same group so us yeah. is one 129th and mexico is 137 yeah so and i think that's also and that's overall right that's countrywide but if you were to narrow it down to a city it might that will look different again right yeah yeah. So just yeah. for context, um, New Zealand is number two. 
behind <laughs> behind Iceland, and Japan would, is number ten. I would argue against that in terms of New Zealand um, these days, because, at least these days. Uh, it, it takes in a lot of stuff. So in terms of uh, uh, nuclear weapons, um, the likelihood of violent demonstration, level of violent crime, number of homicides, political terrorism. Um, you know, relationship with neighboring countries. So it makes sense that New Zealand is so high because we're far away from everyone, uh, nuclear free. Uh, We don't have violent, you know, political things happening. We don't have violent protests. We might have, you know, in in your opinion, or maybe statistically, you know, the the rate of crime is going up. But yes, uh, it's going up, I think, in a lot of places. So it's all kind of relative, I guess. Um, I guess so. I think bringing it back to New Zealand is a, the fact that I don't know if you saw this, but people people robbing Michael Hill's jewelry in broad daylight in Albany Mall. Yeah, doing the sort of the raid. So it's interesting because we had that before, but... Now I don't. This is completely anecdotal, but what I think part of it is is, you know, during the COVID thing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the US, it got you know the videos on Instagram and stuff of people just, um, you know, people walking into stores, taking whatever they want, and they're walking out because they yes. had that kind of thing. You know, like if it's under nine hundred dollars or whatever. Um, well, that's in LA, right? That's from from memory. That's I think the, uh, California because they're talking about San Diego and also uh, uh, San Francisco as well. Sure. Those kind of areas, a lot of that stuff is happening. Yeah, but in the last year or so, I have been seeing a lot of videos coming out of other places around the US where people are doing the same thing, and I'm wondering if yep. I can believe that people on Instagram watching this stuff, right? Um, even in other countries are saying, oh, that, you know, that's a good way to, to do it. Because if you, you just go in there, do the smash and grab, um, you know, especially if there's large groups of people, like what can one security guard do or what can, you know, like a couple of, you know, uh, people behind the counter do, you mm-hmm. know, cause often, uh, you know, oftentimes the people behind the counter, are, you know, especially in those big kind of chain stores are often women. Yeah. You know, like how easy would it be just to take 10 of your friends and just run into a place, steal a bunch of stuff? Like who's going to do anything to you? You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, like I think that they, part of me thinks that they've, you know, people have seen these videos and how popular it's become to do in the U S and they've sort of just copied the same sort of thing Mm. of doing like the really big group smashing grabs. And I'm, mm. you know, like I remember watching and reading that stuff. That's, you know, it's, it's always been happening, but it seems like the frequency has sort of turned up a notch in New Zealand it because I, you know, has. I did, you know, I do do read the New Zealand news every single day, mm-hmm. so I know, you know, um, people are doing ram raids all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, broad daylight attacks. It's just, you know, it's all sort of uh, turning it up a notch, and. Um, you know that seems to be help. Uh, sorry, uh, not helping the current political uh, situation of the people that are in power right now. Um, oh, definitely not. 
not and another thing to favor. point out another thing to point out and this is a conversation that me and um andrew had um just randomly you know talking about these smashing grabs is that a lot of times they don't do it for the jewelry or i shouldn't say a lot of times but in some cases they don't actually do it for the jewelry in some cases they do it for sport mm -hmm. they do it because they can climb the ladder in a gang mm -hmm. and so um it, yeah, and recently there was also another one where someone actually hit an officer with a hammer in the back of the head. Mm -hmm. No, I, I can't imagine the kind of trauma that that, I guess, injury, brain injury that that um, officer will have to go through in the next, well, for the rest of his life or hers. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, I don't have any proof. It's, it's anecdotal, but I think, uh, um, the criminals in New Zealand, especially the youth criminals, mm. have become more brazen yeah. uh, and opportunistic. For sure. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I haven't heard a counter-argument, but I think um, gangs in New Zealand should be illegal. Uh, no, I'm not mm. sure about the uh, legislation around gangs. But um, as far as I'm aware, I don't think there's any uh, legislation saying that gang, you know, being in a gang is illegal. No, there isn't. So um, I think there should be. Do you uh, think that actually helps though? Like, don't you think that they will just, they won't just go underground and actually make a bit more chaos? Uh, of course, of course, there's going to be that sort of uh, regression and kind of like that hidden away element. You can't, you know, you can't 100% get rid of that. Mm -hmm. But I think if you can make being in a gang uh, less appealing, so, sure. um, you know, you see, you don't see the gangs on the street anymore, you know, you don't see them, you know, and, you know, in their patches driving motorbikes, you know, like in big groups and, mm -hmm. you know, having that kind of uh, that public dis display um, and kind of, in a way, it's kind of uh, romanticizing it as well. Um, you know, people want to be, you know, especially people that want to be tough and be seen as tough to associate, you know, with these sort of uh, leather-clad dudes that, you know, drive fast cars and, you know, motorbikes yeah. and stuff and make a lot of noise and make sure everyone's, you know, looking at them and um, that sort of element. Because mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, like, if you... I, I feel like Japan's doing a good job when it comes to Yakuza, right? Like they've owned pretty much stamped out most Yakuza's. That's illegal. The, like the they can't get anything. The difference there is I think, um, so the Yakuza, I mean, cause you know, like Japan is very homogenous, right? Mm -hmm. So the Yakuza, uh, you know, ethnically the Yakuza are exactly the same as the salary man you know, in the office building, right? Yes. But oftentimes, um, New Zealand gangs, uh, you know, they, they have a lot of the Polynesian and Māori, um, you know, people of that descent. Mm -hmm. And if you institute the same rules on uh... that the, the Japanese government is, is applying to the Yakuza, 
where basically they can't operate businesses, they can't buy houses, they can't, you know, there's so many things they can't do. Mm. If you apply that to New Zealand gangs that are predominantly, well, you know, like the mongrel mob. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Predominantly kind of uh, a specific ethnicity. um, I think that could be perceived as kind of a racist. Yeah. Um you know, clamp down. But then, uh, you know, is racism better than people getting their lives endangered? Like, you know, pe- people, oftentimes the people in New Zealand gangs are, and it's, I guess it's the same in Japan as well, are often kind of like marginalized, um, you know, often people that don't have uh, solid families who, are often kind of abandoned by uh, the the system and also abandoned mm. by their caregivers, uh, parents, and they they seek family somewhere else, you know, and that tends yeah. to be in these groups, right? Mm. And to a degree, that's the same in Japan as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I think just if you apply the same thing, the same laws as what the Japanese are applying to the accuser in New Zealand, mm-hmm. I think that would not help them. No. I, I don't and think the, that would help. help and them. I realize what I just said, and I, I need to reiterate that to clarify that. I mean, being perceived, like the government being perceived as racism, or should they actually clamp down on crime? Like what is, what is more important? I think that's what I was trying to get at. So... Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I, I think in New Zealand's case, I think the investment needs to be in uh, mentorship programs. I agree. And um, education know, providing yeah, education. You know. And you know, like you, you know, people can you know, like it's kind of like the the standard, you know, the standard uh, medication, right, for that kind of thing, but. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it doesn't work, but I think the you know if you're just chucking people in jail or um, making them you know making new laws where gang members can't buy houses or they can't you know do certain things in society or they can't get driver's licenses or you know all these sort of things, it's like sure that's only going to make them regress more. Yeah, it seems yeah, to work no, in Japan society, time. but it, it, it definitely won't work in New Zealand society. Yeah, you're right because it's a different culture, a different mentality. Yeah. It, it'll um, just it'll just basically uh, make things worse. exaggerate the yeah. ostracization of yeah that group. So I don't I, think that's yeah. I guess right. to your point, and I, I I totally agree. I think education, mentorship should be provided. I think it's actually finding out what is what we can make more appealing to younger people, so that they don't go down that path, right? Yeah, um, and I think you know the whole idea of like doing the martial arts you know um that will give you everything that a lot of people seek within a gang but within a constructive helpful uh environment that actually builds you up right Mm -hmm. because you get family right you get Mm -hmm. structure you get uh the sort of elders or the people at the top who uh they know more than you they're stronger than you you know but they do it in an honorable way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't sort of reprimand you just like slapping you across the face or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it yeah. and it's constructive, right? Sure. Yeah. So for I sure. think that kind of environment is super beneficial for especially young men or you know teenagers or, or whatever. So I think um, that kind of environment needs to be fostered more. Yep. And you don't really see, I mean, you, you know, like every town has maybe a karate class or something, but you don't see like, you know, like a lot of it around the place. Well, I, especially when I was growing up, like mm. I, I didn't know anybody that did any martial arts. It just wasn't yeah. part of, you know. I I think with figures like Israel Adesanya being a UFC and some other folks, um, it probably has created that sort of appeal to move towards martial arts in New Zealand. Hundred percent. And, uh, and you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, I think maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it's not about this, you know, racism or reducing crime. It's actually rather it's more about how do we make it. And I am wrong. I think it is about you know how do we create more appealing programs for the youth. And to provide them with the support that they need in order to almost get out of that loop, that that cycle, um, uh, in terms of, I, I don't know, you know, family history and gangs or or whatever it is, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's tough because, you know, if you go to a martial arts, you know, if you do jujitsu or something, um, you know, you go to the class, you will do a couple hours or whatever. And then you'll go home and the difference between that and a gang is, well, obviously there's a lot of differences, but in terms of the, the sort of family element, mm. you know, if you're in a gang, oftentimes they all sort of stay together and you are around those people 24 seven. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, if you go in someplace to do martial arts, you'll only see those people for a few hours and then you have to go home and yeah. you know, you're back in the shit, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good point because, and it's interesting because Andrew brought it up, I, obviously you heard towards the end when he said he is, um, you know, he's currently, do, I think he's doing kickboxing right now. Mm -hmm. And it, it, hum, it humbles you, right? It humbles you because <laughs> you get kicking the nuts and you're like, oh, okay, you know, I need yeah. to... There's always going to be somebody better than you, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or if you, if you get a spinning leg kick from your wife, right? Like Andrew, you know, really humbles him. And wait, does he get spinning back kicks from his wife? <laughs> this, this happened at, at the kickboxing gym, but um, yeah, he got head kicked <laughs> by his wife. Um, anyways, so, I mean, it, it really does humble you, right? In terms of that experience, you know, understands, helps you understand that, Life is about, life is going to throw you punches and it's about how you get up every time. And there's that proverb from Japanese philosopher, which is, I don't know who, who said it, but I, it's, you know, fall down seven times, get back up eight times. Right. And that's essentially, at least for me, I think that's what martial arts is like, is you're going to be hit with a lot of stuff. And so how do you get back up? And that that is very that's a very unique experience for a young person to go through male or female i think it gives you perspective on what life is going to throw at you and how to respond to it and not react and i think a lot of people these days just react 
um, even I do, right? Yeah. I, I've I've reacted many times in my personal life, and I've slowly learned to almost manage that. Yeah, and I guess that's you know the one of the great things about the martial arts um, arena is, uh, you know, a lot of those martial arts they really emphasize self control, mm-hmm. being measured with your <clears throat> the way that you conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes it's taught in a, in a tactical way, but I think it applies in just how you operate in the everyday world as well. You know, restraint yeah. and knowing to pick your battles, not just lashing out at any, you know, random thing that makes you angry mm. or, or whatever. And a lot of things that, you know, uh, uh, oftentimes emphasized is not to be the first one to hit, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, to defend yourself, but not to be the aggressor. Yeah. And I think that could be hugely beneficial to a lot of young people who, yes. I mean, it, you know, you just go on Instagram, straight away you're bombarded with, you know, just the craziest videos of people just losing control in a split second and just, you know, uh-huh. getting themselves in trouble yeah, physically or, you know, just randomly hurting other people so well my i was out with a colleague yesterday for lunch and she said that her her and her husband were out her husband's from italy um, she's chinese mm-hmm. and they there was i can't remember what she said but they were driving behind this car all of a sudden the guy in front just stops mm-hmm. um her husband you know did like a quick honk at him nothing and another quick one nothing and then he did a long one and then the guy got out of his car and was like, do you want to fight? Like, you want to fight? Like, you want to get beat up like that? And mm-hmm. it was just sort of like people, people these days just have no self-awareness and have no emotional regulation. Um, I understand that it might've been like, you might've been going through a really, really tough day, but also understanding that, Hey, actually the person behind me probably is having a really bad day as well. Right, we we get so stuck in our own heads that we we just go about our day, and especially men, right? You just go about knocking every, you just plow through everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's uh, road road rage is an interesting one. Yeah, um, but what you were saying earlier about uh, martial arts, um, what's that guy's name that went on Joe Rogan's show? He he teaches young men, um. I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. He yeah, yeah. he has that really awesome beard. I like his oh, beard. I like his beard too, and I and I like the way he talks about martial arts and how he talks to, um, the young the young young men that he you know that he's training, yeah, um, the boys. And I can't remember his name, but I really recommend people go go watch his stuff. He's even got a book out. Uh, again, uh, it's probably not helpful that I don't know his name, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but speaking of, we've spoken about a lot of the negativity. Let's hype it up um, in terms of you know. You said you have some, you know, you know, you have some good news, encouraging words for for us this this week. Or do I? Do you? Or do you have any special commentary? Or sorry, social commentary that you have for us this week? Okay, I'm just really so, putting you on the spotlight. Just yeah, so, no, just, yeah. just so, just so people are aware, we have some notes in front of us, and Alan is reading off those notes. 
hey, those notes are there for a reason. Yeah, I, I, we, we want it to be, you know, somewhat free-flowing, uh, this conversation. But, you know, we do have some notes. But um, <laughs> I think uh, I'm just thinking about the uh, the things going on in the, twi- the Twitter sphere. Um, so it was kind of uh, funny. There's uh, Elon Musk was giving advice on uh, the, the geopolitical realm with Ukraine and yeah. just getting completely lambasted. And um, then the next day, he's selling a perfume of that smells like burnt hair. Um, and nice. he sold 10,000 vials of this $100 burnt hair perfume. <laughs> I just Amazing. thought it was, it's, it's, it's a very funny world, you know, where you, you know, well, what, what is one your day you're on getting work? completely destroyed yeah. by the internet, and the next day you're. Love selling 10,000 vials mm. of burnt hair perfume. But what do, what do you think about what he said, though, in terms of, you know, let's just take a vote and see if, you know, if the Crimean people want to just go back and that's it. Uh, I, I have expressed my views uh, on previous, probably in the last couple of episodes, um, I have expressed my views on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and I make no bones about it that I probably have an unpopular um, an um, an unpopular view. Mm-hmm. I don't know the full spectrum of you know uh, Elon Musk's view. Sure. And you know we we can both concede that we're not uh, geopolitical scientists, or you know we don't have any sort of qualification in that realm. Yep. Uh, but I have expressed a view that I believe that if an area of a country, the majority wants either to be independent, to become a republic, or to join another country, mm-hmm. that they should hold referendums. And uh, if the political infrastructure is stable enough, Mm. that they should be allowed to have that autonomy to uh, to basically uh, they have their rights yeah to th- there is a specific word to d- describe what I'm trying to say but yeah to basically their, their have that self-determination or... and yeah. Um, yeah, be allowed to do what the majority wants to do so that in in terms of that uh, conflict, I don't know. I don't know. It, this is the difficult part because, and uh, you know, Elon alluded to this, talking about referendums that have mm-hmm. oversight from the UN rather than oversight from Russia. Yes. So that it's fair. Yes. But I am for the idea, and I'm not Ukrainian and I'm not Russian, so you know, I, you know say about it what you will but i am for the idea of if the majority wants to join russia or if the majority wants to be, be an independent republic or, or whatever and they have the mm. stability and the political infrastructure in place that yep. they should be allowed to do that mm-hmm. um and that applies to other countries as well so i believe uh in taiwan's right to uh, govern themselves 
I don't agree with the current, you know, like the idea of the Taiwanese government being the rightful um, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want to, I don't know the right word. I'm, my mind's blanking. But, you know, the, the idea in, in during that civil war was mm-hmm. there was two groups that were saying we are the rulers of China, right? Yes. And China, uh, Taiwan's government was, you know, is basically, I, I think they, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think they still have that You're idea wrong, in their head. Kidding. <laughs> that they that they are the rightful uh that they should govern the chinese mm-hmm. mainland sure um so i don't agree with that aspect of you know their belief but the idea that they should be that they should be allowed to be an independent nation from china even though they are ethnically the same and you know there are a lot of aspects of their culture that are the same if the majority mm-hmm. of people want to be taiwanese you know, be recognized as Taiwanese and, you know, Taiwan to be recognized as a separate country, I think that should be allowed. Yeah. Um, and so the same thing goes for, you know, all these other um, nations that are having these kind of struggles. Um, so I think that is an unpopular opinion in a lot of respects around the world. And I, as I said, I'm not like some geopolitical expert but from from what I can see and from my understanding of of that, um, I think that should be allowed. And it would apply the same thing to New Zealand if that was the the you know majority belief, because you know there are movements within New Zealand that uh, the North Island and South Island should be separate. They shouldn't come under <laughs> the same. And you know there are some slight differences in culture between the two islands. Sure, but I think the majority of people understand that the the economic and cultural connections between the two islands were just too close you know um well, not that, only that there is no financial structure that is strong enough to sustain the south island or a political structure for that um so i don't see that argument you know the south island does have a lot of industry especially especially in farming Yes. Now sure. you, you you know you can argue that the the North Island um, their infrastructure is more built around you know maybe tourism and the sort of financial systems and mm-hmm. technology and and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Thinking about Auckland and Wellington, but um, you know I think this the South could govern themselves. You know if they form their own because you know you have regional councils and if they just sort of operated within a larger area, I think they could come together and, you know, work together to govern themselves. But as I said, I think there's too many cultural, financial, uh, family ties between the two islands. And it's just, you know, like the distance between them is just too short to justify Mm -hmm. separating. Now you could, you could, you could make that argument about North and South Korea, but obviously there was no war between the North Island and the South Island. No, and there wouldn't. There isn't such a drastic um, difference in political belief. Yeah, so it just wouldn't work. But um, yeah, my you know my my thought process is that you know if the majority wants a change, they want to separate, then they should be allowed to do that. So that's that's the general idea. So I I guess in that regard, 
there are kind of similar uh, sort of thinkings between myself and uh, Elon Musk because he was talking about referendums and letting people choose and, and you know, whatever, and mm-hmm. you're having the UN involved. So I, I guess on those kind of points, we probably do share the same. Sure. But um, the way that has gone about it is completely, you know, in, in terms of the way that the former Ukrainian government or whatever have have conducted themselves, the way that the the rebels in the in the the East have sort of conducted themselves, and then how Russia has conducted themselves, mm-hmm. like you know, like that they didn't get what they wanted, so they took it or yeah. went to war over it. Mm. Um, so or they didn't concede you know whatever so you know in an ideal world if there was grievances you know people would go through the right channels they'd go to court you know there'd be some sort of referendum or something yeah um and it would be overseen by possibly an independent party so that it was fair and then everyone would go their separate ways but you know nobody wants to concede anything so they're all fighting for supremacy, unfortunately. Mm. And maybe it's it's kind of like the whole idea of communism. You know, it sounds nice the way I'm saying it, but in reality, the world doesn't work like that. So yeah. I, I'm, you know, I can uh, concede to that. You know, I, you know, maybe that would ne- that could never happen. But you know, in my mind, in my sort of utopian, hopeful. Kind of mind. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, and and your own distorted utopian world. <laughs> distorted. Oh, oh hush. Uh, uh, that's that's what would happen. But no, I actually agree with you. I don't think there is going to be any um, discord here today on that topic, which is just that. Yeah, people should have the right to vote for. Um, and maybe we just need aliens to come in, and you know put a nuclear gun on our head and tell us to vote who knows yeah it like like the whole divide in the u.s right now you know both the the different sides i know there's a lot of centrist people who are sort of caught between and they have to choose between you know like the lesser evil (laughs) Mm. um and i keep banging on about that's why i liked eisenhower so much you know, like he was so okay, not interested boy. in playing the system, you know, like playing the game of the political game of being this side or the other side. He was a centrist. He wanted to be centrist. Um, he appealed to both sides mm-hmm. and he did, did things that benefited both sides. He didn't mm-hmm. chuck out the bad, uh, sorry, the good things that the other side did yep. when they were in power, you know, like that's what the U.S. need. In my opinion, that's what the U.S. needs right now. Is somebody that just um, is not interested in the sort of political battles and just wants to actually do, do the stuff that needs to be done. Yeah. But I don't think it will ever happen. The uh, The only way I think it could happen, and this sounds really bad, is if there was a civil war. But oh, yeah. I'm not saying that the civil war, a civil war is needed, you know, to make the U.S. great again, if I'm going to borrow that. Um, that term 
I don't think yeah. there's anything bad about what you said. I mean, it's just usually the trajectory of, you know, civilizations. Uh, again, going back to Ray Dalio's book. So, you know, I don't think there's anything bad about what you said. It's, it's it, more it, just if down you to ask the, me, okay, civil war, and then after the civil war, it's fixed or maintain the status quo, like just keep going the way that you are. I would always choose to just keep going the way that you are because of course, if there was a civil war post civil war, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, just in the, the, um, the independent, the war of independence in the U S is they got to build their nation from the ground up. You know, if there's a civil war, you know, you can rebuild from the ground mm -hmm. up, I guess, mm -hmm. but I would never choose that because of, you know, basically the loss of life. I don't think it's worth yeah. it. So no, I agree. I mean, I would always again, choose the latter option and just yeah, deal mean, with the issues. Yeah, it goes back to what Elon was saying, right? Like you, you're just having bloodshed at the moment. Why don't we just put to a vote and get it done, and no more bloodshed? Yeah. So again, but that's the thing: the political powers would want the bloodshed, right? Oh, yeah. They would not want to concede. So, um, well, I, I would always try to off. avoid the bloodshed. People profit off wars, and we've also seen the biggest boom in economy since you know in post-war. So there is an agenda to push for that, especially world wars. Not saying that um people are wanting a world war, but a lot of people have made. I a think a lot of people are looking. For <laughs> yeah, they want that world war. Yeah. So, but on a different note, I feel like we should talk about something good today, right? Like. You were supposed to give us something good today, Caleb. So I don't know why we went down that rabbit hole well, we, again. Remember, we had the goodness at the very start. That is true. We had the encouraging word. We had um your your news. Okay, just <laughs> to remind everyone, there is we got a little bit of goodness. There. there is goodness on the horizon with with my life, just my life, none of yours. Um, so be happy for me. Um, and that Be should happy for joy. me while you wallow in your depression. Exactly. And that should actually bring you joy in your life. Um, in case people think I'm serious, I'm not. It's a bloody joke. Um, yeah. Can we just address the elephant in the room and um, talk about your... And I, I, would, I would appreciate a public apology from you as well. Okay. Uh, your spontaneous vulgar language in the last podcast. Oh, that was horrible. Oh. I was listening to it. I was like, that, I mean, oh. you know, like there was, okay, just to be clear with the audience and with ourselves, we never talked about, well, from my recollection, we never talked about the way that we would conduct ourselves. No, we beforehand, never did. before we made this podcast. No. We were just like coming to it just as, as we are. And like, this is the way I talk. Okay, not 100% the way I talk because I'm a lot sillier. And I make funny noises sometimes. I mean, you you have been quite silly, and you have been always making funny noises. So yeah, that's... just just I think you know that um, this me is restrained a little bit. But... Why are you restraining yourself? Why can't you share with us your joy? I am sharing. I'm just sharing my joy in a different <laughs> way. For me, let's, it's... let's not change the subject here, Ellen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm bringing it back about me. It's not about you. Um, for me, it's always just been being respectful because you have kids running around. And so I was just like, okay, I need to be respectful. 
And obviously, it's not a language that Caleb accepts. Um, so what? I'm going no. to restrain myself. Hold, no, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. <clears throat> hold up. Hold up. Okay. First, first thing I want to say is, if if that's the way you talk all the time, and I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with that. If that's the way that you talk all the time, that means that uh, the way that you've conversed with me for however many years that we've known each other, you've basically been restraining yourself. Is that correct? No, no. I haven't been restraining myself. It's just that <clears throat> with certain people, I speak a certain way. And I think it's it's like a Japanese thing about wearing multiple masks. Right? You have your mask at home, you have your mask at work, your friends, your family, your kids. Um, so I the- am exactly the same. It's just that the language that I choose is different because you're speaking to a different audience and you have to, the designer in me comes out and says, I have to create a different experience for this person, but still retain who I am. The obnoxious. My second point was, um, I never said to you that you cannot use vulgar language. This is, this topic right here is 100% (laughs) a joke, right? If you like, I don't give a shit if you say shit, okay? <laughs> okay? But I appreciate, you know, like the fact that, you know, when my kids are about that you would restrain from that. I appreciate that because I, you yeah. know, I don't, I, think, I don't swear at home. I don't swear even outside of my home. Yeah. I'm just, I think I, the, the reason why I'm swearing now is because I think it's funny in the context of this <laughs> conversation. Right? I think I think it also depends on what I'm saying, right? Like today, there wasn't a need for any of that. There wasn't anything in our conversation that made me just want to cuss out at anything, you know? I know that's what was so funny because I was listening to it. I was like, I was like, what the hell? Like, it just came out of like left field. Like it, it was almost um, like it was almost like you and Andrew were talking off screen and you were swearing a lot. And then you wanted to inject a little bit of that into the conversation when it was recorded. But the thing was, he didn't say anything. No, he didn't. He, he did. Say, he did towards the end. He did, but you were the you were the instigator. <laughs> I was just like, I I I did a well. I mean, I did a three consecutively, and that was it. Like I was done. I th- from memory, he did it once. You did it three times. I did in it three quick times. Succession. Yes. So technically, just one. Yeah. But just so everyone knows, we didn't have any rules going into this. Obviously, this podcast is not intended for kids anyway, so. Yes, um, but no, to your point, there was no pre, pre, uh, there was nothing, nothing agreed. So I'm just like, I'll go with the flow. But yeah, last week was just like the way that I talked to Andrew is a bit different. And I got a bit excited in that on that end. And so, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm usually I'm usually so restrained. Well, um, I'm not restrained. I still share my points and opinions, right? It's not like I am. How do I say this? It's not like behind the scenes I'm Andrew Tate in public. You know, like I don't act like that. I act the way that I am now. So, yeah, it's just the language that I choose is different. It's it's That's very all. interesting because the. Uh, I was just thinking about this. The I remember I had this conversation with somebody. I was so you know I was brought up in a Christian household. We didn't obviously we didn't swear. Well, we didn't swear, but you know we came from a time where you call each other gay and 
you know, um, homo or whatever, you know, even though there was no, nothing, there's nothing to do with homosexuality or anything like that. It was just, it was just because it was recognized as kind of a derogatory term, we would use it against each other as a derogatory term. When you were kids. Yeah, we don't call each other that anymore, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we didn't say any, like, swear words at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But at school, as far as I'm aware, all my brothers did, and we were like, it's funny, you have that contrast, right? Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to do it at home, but when you're away from your parents, there's this (laughs) far extreme, and, you know, like, I'm not going to repeat the sort of stuff I was saying, but <laughs> if you can, uh, yeah, imagine like a sailor, but in the body of a eight year old or something. Um, um, I'll, I'll tell you that at least these days when I talk to my mom, I don't really care. Uh, yeah. And in and, and, and Taiwanese, I just, it's usually about specific situation though. It's never about like people. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like, it yeah, like, so. But th- so this continued for me until I was probably around 21 or 22. Um, and I remember having a conversation with a friend where I was like, I literally cannot think how I can not talk differently. Mm-hmm. Like vulgar language and swear word is just so much swear words. It was so much a part of my uh, vocal vocabulary that like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't think I can stop swearing. Like I, I just like it just comes to my into my brain straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there is hope, you know. You can get through. <laughs> what are you trying um, to say? But yeah, like th- this is the way I talk. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. Sure. Sometimes when I talk with my wife, um, I will inject a few bitches or. Um, <laughs> Not, not to her. <laughs> let, me, let me be clear. Not to her. Um, and sometimes she says it to me, like she's like, you know, so and so is being a little bit bitchy, or you know, whatever. <laughs> I can't imagine. I know oh. it's it's funny to me. I laugh as well because yeah. it'll be exactly the same way as you did it in that part, um, podcast. She mm-hmm. she won't say anything that's like vulgar. And then she'll suddenly inject something like that. Mm. Uh, and it, it's funny to me. It is. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes I do the same to her. And it's, it's always, it, you know, it's it's always in an environment where the kids are not around. Mm. Um, so we are conscious of that. I think this is a great place to wrap up with laughter and a lot of bitchiness, as you said. Um, I was getting a little bit bitchy at the end there. <laughs> you were. You were very... You were pretty, like, I don't know, adamant about just, like, getting me to admit that I was wrong. I don't know why, but, hey, you know what? It's okay. I still love you for that. You know, somebody needs to, you know, keep you accountable, bro. (laughs) You're getting a little bit wild. You know, as soon as I leave podcasts, you're... um, To be fair, you did leave, like, two to three weeks. For you, you, you left me for two to three weeks. You know, you were absent in my period of need. And, you know, oftentimes you would just read my messages and then 
I'd have to sit there wondering why you ghosted me, like all the girls, like what's going on? <laughs> and okay, yeah, let, it just let brought me, back trauma. Let, I just brought let, back let so me be clear trauma. with it. Okay. When they ghost you, it's because they're trying to avoid you. When I ghost you, I'm literally like I have a quick look because I get a notification, but then I'm like doing something. So, and then often I'll forget, right? So let, let me saying, let's have that reintroducing traumatic experiences, <laughs> and yeah, I've been having such a hard time, so hard. You haven't. <laughs> I haven't. Stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um well yeah like i said i think there's a good place to wrap up um good episode again today talked about you know martial arts and all that um you're not meant to say that alan the I don't audience care. is meant to say don't, you know judge if they like hey, it or not. hey hey don't be a little bitch just chill just chill okay bye anyways <laughs> bye, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah so you fell for that one i prepared that one that was that was that was the punchline see that? that i was trying to use that at the very end so we can actually have another laugh yeah and it's, i it's, talked about martial arts and then i called you a little bitch but you know that that's just to be entertaining i'm, I'm not going to refute that <laughs> i probably need some testosterone replacement therapy or something I'll send you some from Mexico. I don't know if I'll make it past the borders, but um, I'll do my best. You're probably going to send me some train or something. I don't know what that is. My balls are shrinking. I'm extra extra hairy now. And for some reason, my muscles are really big. So your balls just dropped and you need some. Yeah. Okay. My balls are are just fine, bro. I'm the one with three kids, all right? Sure. They're doing the business. Well, hey, I'm just looking after your balls. That's all I want to do. Look after your balls. Make sure one, they're not dropped. I'm looking after my balls, all right? Okay. Well, well, all two, right. Okay. I'm going to go look after my balls now. So um, thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. Do you know how to um, massage them to check for cancer? I feel like we need to take this off air. So you want to... Get your index finger and your thumb and just sort of. Bye, everyone.